Ten minutes it is before 8 p.m. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. It's our wrap of the top business stories. And uh, joining me uh, on this Easter Monday to take a look at the big stories in the world of money and business, I'm joined by Bandile Matandela, who's a market analyst. Pshagas, good evening to you and welcome. Good evening, Aya. How are you doing this morning? Hey, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm Okay, right. Yeah. Let's maybe start off our discussion this evening out in the Eastern Cape. Quinda uh, to accept parties. Now, uh, this is out in Bathurst and uh, uh, the major pineapple producing part of our country. And it seems there's an unfolding story there. And not only just of Abbasivens, Abbasasivens, Apana, but also many of the workers who have retired, who are you know, part of gener successive generations of labor tenants in that part of the world. Uh, it seems, uh, yeah, some interesting stories that are coming out of New Frame. Yeah, definitely. I, uh, you know, and I think, you know, let's let, let's just begin this this story on 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 just understanding what the the security of the Tenor Act around farm workers as well as retired farm workers, as you pointed out there, and mm. it basically states that um, um, farm workers who are over sixty years old and who have lived in that one farm for more than ten years. Uh, who can no longer work because of either ill health um, may actually remain in their homes on those farms mm. indefinitely, and that the farm the farm owners are not allowed to even cut off their electricity or basically put them in a position of discomfort. So, with that in mind, you know, there's this story in Berthurst in Eastern Cape coming up, where a small group of retired farm workers have basically said that uh, farm owner Mark Harris which is the same farm worker that I think he won the award of best pineapple or biggest pineapple producer in 2019, um, apparently has threatened to evict them, which um, would then be flouting the regulations of the act. Um, and that at this point is already disconnected the electricity and mm. basically fenced them into a smaller area um, where they can no longer grow crops or be able to collect firewood. You know, we're talking about about five retired farm worker families here, you know, which I, I can't be, uh, you know, I wouldn't imagine uh, at that much of a cost to the farm workers, mm. from, to the farm owner from an electricity point of view. Maybe just to even give you more perspective, Aya, uh, uh, you know, we're talking about um, some of the Mgadi sisters here, who's Dora Mgadi was 89, Boni Mgadi is sure. 79, Dombisana Mgadi is 76. You know, they, they basically were born in that particular farm. One particular lady, the Nuntu Umam Nuntu Umbikonela was 71. Her mother was born there in 1902. In 1902. Yeah. She was born there, you know, and now she's being faced with this situation where they're being evicted. You know, I yeah. think it's, it's, it's a really absurd, it's a, it's a really absurd thing. And, 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 and it comes right in the midst of, you know, while we continue to engage in Parliament, sort of discuss this bill around the expropriation of land, you know, it, stories like this really perhaps um, even show you why there is a need you know, to, mm. to, 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 to have the state more involved and, and, and to, to, to just have this broader conversation around uh, land ownership in South Africa. In fact, not even conversation, sure. you know, having that, 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 that distri redistribution of this land. Because, you know, you, I mean, this is one story out of how many, you know. It's, mm. it's, it's, a, it's a really sad one. 
Um, and, and we are hopeful that uh, we do understand that um, the councillor there is involved and is trying to get legal representation for these uh, families in order to be able to challenge mm. the farm the farm owner in court. You know, so hopefully, you know, they they're able to resolve this one. But for me, I think it's a big yeah. it's a bigger thing. You know, this is one story family out one story out of how many stories and how many of these actually get media attention and and, and get reported on. Mm. You'd find that there's many of these people that find themselves all of a sudden without homes after living in these farms, yeah, yeah. having you know served in these farms and these farm owners benefited for a number of years. So for me, really really a sad one coming out um, in Eastern mm. Cape there. You know, Bandila, what, what concerns me with this particular story? I mean, I think the, the publication that ran with the story uh, ran with a follow-up to that story where, where they, you know, initially, of course, the focus was on the retired workers. So Abani, mm. uh, who out of old age are no longer able, I guess, to, to work there. So in a sense, they are now tenants. They are no longer labor tenants because they yes. don't labor, um, you know, for, for, for the farmer in that case. But even in the instance of those who are of working age who are still working in that area, there's all manner of, you know, uh, issues that are in dispute from a labor law perspective. Um, and I found the response very interesting. I mean, to the journalists from many of the farmers who were saying, you know, if you want to talk to us, bring on the Department of Labor. Uh, and I certainly hope if somebody's listening into the show from the Department of Employment and Labor that, you know, effectively many of these farmers are saying this because they know uh, that the likelihood of getting an inspector going out to that mm. farm is mm. minimal to zero. Mm. So, so what's up? We are about to ask you, as a Zimbabwean, you know, yeah, and I, and I think I think I think it's 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 right. It's exactly that. I uh, the fact that you know these investigation investigators or inspectors are not going to these rural rural farms to be able to ensure that the Labour Act is adhered to. And I mean, these things usually extend to even issues around occupational health. You know, that, that mm. it's extended to various industries across. And again, it's the story of 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 of, of South African employers not necessarily prioritizing the health of, of, of the worker, you know. I mean, the, mm. this one in particular in the farming industry, I think it's, a, it's also a sensitive one because of, you know, uh, the issues around farm murders as well, you know, with some of the workers sure, then pushing sure. back, you know. So I think it's a very sensitive one in the context of South Africa as a whole and just land. And I, and, and I really hope, you know, and I echo your words, that um, hopefully someone from the Department of Labor is listening in, or at the very least mm. someone within that government, the government space who can, you know, alert the relevant yeah. Um, officials to be able to go conduct the right inspections in mm. order to ensure that um, employees, you know, are, are, are treated in a manner sure. that um, has dignity and respect. Yeah. You know, on Metro FM Talk, we picked up a story a few uh, weeks ago of the Mkwanazi family in another part of the country, I think in Bumalanga, uh, which was faced by a similar issue. I mean, you know, generations and generations of labor tenants who we're now facing eviction uh, from the owner who says, you know, they've had enough, I guess, of having the family in, in that part of the world. Uh, and we spoke to, to the deputy minister of the land reform department. And I think it might be worth us following up with them, not just on that particular story, but to also get a sense of how the act you were talking about earlier, Bandila, the extension of security of tenure act, uh, how that can be given effect to in many parts so that, you know, there isn't this expectation that, you know, this thing will only be sorted or justice will only be achieved for Roma Mukolela if an inspector is sent out there, um, you know, from the Ndlambe area or even, I guess, from, from, from the broader Sarapatban district. 
Yeah, and I mean, I think it's probably that 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 conversation again. I of compliance. You know, we've got these acts, we've got these regulations that you know have been applauded by many to 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 be quite good. But it, again, it's the issue of compliance and and, and ensuring that mm-hmm. those that are meant to comply do comply, and those that are supposed to hold them accountable hold them accountable. You know, I think there's currently a gap there, and unfortunately, it's it's the worker on the ground that mm-hmm. um, that, that that gets um, disadvantaged the most. You know, so I think. Yeah. You know, and 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 I would echo and and support that. You know, just 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 following up on that story, and then and having the broader conversation, and not just mm. isolating the one story, having the sure. broader conversation of the treatment of the worker in 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 South Africa from a labour perspective as well as an occupational health perspective, because I think yeah, it's it's yeah. definitely a necessary conversation, and and then change is definitely needed mm. in that particular area. No, definitely, definitely. Now, I guess South Africa is not unique uh, when we think about um, you know some of these issues and uh, the dimensions of racial, class, and gender oppression. Um, and I found an interesting story here, and Bloomberg ran with the story of property rates. Now, we call it property rates here in South Africa. In the U.S., um, at a local and municipal level, they call it property taxes. Fascinating story here of how over the last few decades property taxes in low-income neighborhoods uh, largely populated by African-American and Hispanic-American communities have effectively been disproportionately paying more taxes than maybe other people on the other side of the railway tracks. Yeah. Hey, this this, this racial conversation really is is, is tiring, Aya, you know, because... You know, it seems to be ongoing, and and we keep discussing the same things. And and, and you know, it's it's it, it's not unique to South Africa, of course. Mm. I mean, with this story that's coming in now at um, in in America, where you know, because of some of the American history, you know, particularly um, because of racial discrimination, you know, if if we remember just the practice of redlining. Which was basically yeah. the refusal of banks to, to to give loans to black communities, which basically meant those black people or black communities then effectively own a, 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 a sort of a, disprop- a disproportionate share of the lower valued real estate. You know, yeah. now you have a situation where they own the the, 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 the this, this, this this real estate, but then you've got a tech system there that sort of uses averages, doesn't have updated data, doesn't have all of these things, and what it does then it it it, it basically averages out, which effectively leads to lower income um, houses being overvalued, higher income mm. um, priced houses being lower valued, and now effectively you've got the, 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 the sort of the black communities and the Hispanic communities paying uh, higher taxes than they're supposed to pay. And, and, and those that own the, 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 the more posh houses, which in this case become the white people, paying lower taxes. You know, so it just shows you a very flawed tax system. And again, a discriminatory tax system in America, which just puts people in a very, uh, black people in this case, in a disadvantaged position. You know, for me, it is the, 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 what, what really gets to me in the story outside of the taxes and all of that is the fact that you've got people that have been paying their houses for a number of years. Their houses then get uh, sort of, hello? Yes, yes, no, I'm still here. Okay, so sorry. Yeah, so their houses sort of um, get get overvalued, which leads to higher taxes. This person Mm. then struggles to make payments. They default, their house is repossessed. It's auctioned out at a, you know, just a portion of the value of the house. And you've got a person who's been paying a house for 15 years um, and and, and gets nothing out of it, loses this house, and then finds themselves renting the same house that they owned. You know, it's, 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 and, and this is not unique to America, if we're honest. You know, I was this about is to something say, I mean, that I, we see I, in I, South Africa. 
Yeah, there's all manner of issues about, you know, um, uh, these fire sales of homes and auctions and all manner of repossessed, uh, both vehicles and, and homes. But also, I guess, this dynamic of uh, evaluation issues. I mean, I, I think a few years ago in Joburg, there was an issue around the valuation role and by extension, the property rates that people had to pay. So it's certainly not unique to Detroit in the U.S., uh, nor to Michigan or elsewhere. Yeah, definitely not. And I mean, I think if, 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 if a similar study was to be done in South Africa, you know, it would be interesting mm. to also look at the racial dynamics that would come out of that study as well yeah, with regards yeah. to all of this. You know, I, I definitely think, you know, there's, there's, there's definitely scope to relook at some of these things, particularly in the financial industry, to just mm. say, I mean, if someone has been paying a house for 15 years, you know, and they default on three payments, you know, that's three payments out of how many payments, you know? Perhaps yeah. there needs to be a percentage of some sort to say it must have been a certain percentage of the of of, of the total payments or, or some form of other system. But you know this is this is bad, and you know and, and it's coming mm-hmm. out in America that you know it's it, it's mostly targeted or it's mostly black people that are affected, which I would imagine would be similar in South Africa as well. You know there was that uh, story that came out a couple of years ago with that consultant who you know mentioned a few banks and mentioned the racial discrimination. Yes, I think- and what was that guy's name? Fansail, eh? Yes, you know, and whether yeah. or not the, the, there was some merit to somewhat of what he's saying. For me, at least what that story did is to say perhaps we need to really look at these things a mm. bit closer, you know, because it's one thing that we've gotten, you know, political freedom. Perhaps now we need to look better and saying and in, in looking at the systems that are in place and seeing if this system support um, what we're trying to do from an equality perspective. Because what you, you what happens here is just you you sort of widen that, um, that 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 inequality gap and you 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 know it then it, it's only a matter of time. So things like that are not sustainable. You know, it's only a matter yeah, of time yeah. before people begin to push back, and 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 you just lose control of the entire situation. So for me, I, I definitely think this story, uh, perhaps I hope it triggers. Um, a few uh, people here in South Africa to under, undertake some of these investigations mm. and, and, and really, really look at um, adopting and implementing systems that will be fairly um, will be fair to everyone um, sure. and not just um, assume that um, the playing field is level because it mm. certainly isn't. A lot of lessons there from that particular story for us here in South Africa. I mean, even with the local government elections coming and a lot of discussions around you know revenue generation and mobilization at a municipal level and, and what needs to be done in terms of those processes. Uh, it's also a valuation role that people mm. are always, uh, mm. I guess, are trying to grapple with. Mandile, before I let you go, I want us to talk about uh, foreign tourist arrivals in South Africa um, and some of your perspectives on that. Uh, it seems South Africa is trying to go on the charm offensive in places like Germany to try and get foreign tourists back into the country. Yeah, so um, I mean, we got we got word from the tourism minister um, confirming that they've just done, sort of mm-hmm. done around in Germany where they've met various partners, they've met uh, the ambassadors and various state officials within that country, in a bid, you know, to sort of get more people traveling to South Africa. In in, in, in you know, we we're also trying to sort of um, re- re- sort of kickstart the tourism sector in South Africa which has been heavily impacted by COVID-19 um, restrictions mm. in 2020, and I think has been further impacted in 2021 by sort of what uh, was, was, was at some point termed the South African variant, which, you know, was, was, was correctly 
then uh, explained for, for what what it is. So I think it's it, it's really hit the tourism industry with uh, I think there's about 120 countries that have actually restricted travel from South Africa. So you you have a situation where South African care, passport carrying people are not allowed to travel to a number of countries, which is affecting mm. the aviation industry quite extensively. I mean, AXA alone reported a loss of about 1.47 billion. This is from a profit previous year of 125 million. You know that that's quite a significant a significant loss. You know, and I mean if you're looking at some of the numbers from a departing passenger point of view, it's dropped about 66%, you know, from 21.4 million to 7.4 million. You know, those are significant changes. And, 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 mm. and you know, it starts off at, a, at, at affecting, and these numbers are sort of mentioned as numbers, but then they trickle down to the operations of the organization. Before you know it, you know, there's people being laid off, you know, but ultimately it, 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 it ends up affecting, you know, the average citizen in South Africa. So, you know, the, 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 the Ministry of Tourism is on the attack, sort of, sort of mm. not on the attack, proactively trying to engage the various countries get them to lift some of the restrictions. You know, I, I mean, I must applaud the ministry for doing this because I think it, it sure. is definitely necessary. Whether or not it's going to be effective or it's going to yield any results is a different um, ball game or outcome altogether. But we do understand that they've also been engaging uh, Emirates to, to, to sort of uh, start flying people into uh, out of South Africa. They're engaging Qatar uh, Airways to increase um, the, their number of flights. So, you know, it, it's good to see that they're they, they on the, on, on the mm-hmm. counter on this particular one and trying to rectify it. But the tourism industry has really, really been affected badly, and we hope that all the efforts being put in by the tourism department there will begin to yield fruit um, quite soon and hopefully... You know, um, uh, but again, all of that, you know, sort of hinges in the government's vaccine rollout plan because, Eesh. you know, there's sort of this sentiment that uh, the vaccine rollout strategy or plan is, is, is moving too slow and that uh, at this current rate it's going to take, I mean, someone I think was calculating at about 12 years, but we are hoping mm-hmm. that it will begin to increase. You know, I think the, the, the parliamentary briefing this week, um, Minister Zilin Kiza did say that it's going to start in uh, about mid-May. Um, the president also did announce that those additional procured vaccines from Johnson and Johnson. So hopefully, you know, around mid-May, we'll begin to see them pick up. But uh, everything mm-hmm. hinges on that rollout, uh, vaccine rollout. You know, the quicker we can, the, 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 the more trustworthy it will be to let people fly into their countries from South Africa. Yeah. You know, yeah. so so it's an interesting one. Um, but, we'll, you know, we will applaud the tourism um, department from proactively trying to, to, sure. to, to, you know, to, 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 to resolve this particular one. Yeah, and I guess a big part of it is also about communication about that variant discovered in South Africa. Yes. Which many people are calling South African variant. But mm, incorrect. You know, so, you know. Yes, yeah, so South African variant, it happened to be discovered here, as with many other variants across the world. And um, I think, uh, you know, the, there's a big job for many of us in the media um, mm. in how mm. we communicate that, because a big part of how this is spoken about in the United Kingdom, in the States and elsewhere is, is to say, you know, this is the South African vaccine, uh, sorry, the South African variant, rather than, I guess, um, rightfully reporting it as a variant discovered. In, in, in South Africa, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah go ahead. No, 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 I was, I was going to say, you know, you, you're completely correct, right? It, 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 it's just, it's around how we communicate that. And mm-hmm. I think not only communication from a, a variant perspective, also communication from a rollout, uh, vaccine sure. rollout point of view, you know, in order to sort of uh, give a reassurance that there is a plan in place, we do know mm. what this plan is. You know, so some transparency that perhaps could could also go a long way in in in, in sure. just uh, uh, sort of killing some of the fears that are out there around this this um, South Africa and this particular variant. You know, so I yeah. think I think I think the responsibility here is just going to sit on the various departments and and also Brand SA 
to just ensure that we, we we're taking the right message out mm. and, and, and and people are being informed of the right things. Awesome stuff. Mandela Matandela as always. Mandela Matandela. Do have a good evening and a good show going forward. Thank you very much. That there.